Uh, if you have a Bible, would you bring, open your Bible up to the book of Numbers? The book of Numbers. And I'm so glad that we're together. It feels like spring outside, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like winter is over for today, at least. We'll just enjoy it for right now. Uh, so it's nice to be here with everybody this morning. But I want to continue in the vein of what we've been talking about. Uh, and we've really been started in the book of Habakkuk, where it talks about write the vision, make it plain. And we've been talking about how the vision is for an appointed time. And whenever you read scripture, especially when you read the Old Testament, uh, it's really a shadow. It's a type, or in other words, it's a um, it's it's really a place for you and I to look because our life is going to look a lot similar to what's laid out in the Old Testament in scripture, so that you and I can find even our own patterns of our own life. Sometimes our own patterns of how we sometimes follow the Lord and walk away from the Lord. It's all right there in scripture. So you and I are not unlike sometimes the children of Israel, unfortunately, but yet there's a lot of strength and there's a lot of wisdom that you and I can find just by reading the Bible. That's why it's so important to read your Bible every day. In fact, I was reading Psalm 119 today, and it's just a prayer that I wanted us to pray uh, out of Psalm 119 where it says that, Lord, open my eyes that I might see your wondrous works in your law. In fact, why don't we just pray that, Lord, open our eyes today. As we open the word of God together, that we could see the wondrous works that are in your law. Open our eyes to see. In other words, you can read the Bible and not see it. You can read scripture and your eyes yet be closed. Jesus even said that when he came, that scripture said about the Jewish people that hearing they wouldn't hear. And seeing they wouldn't see. And so we have to pray sometimes, Lord, open my eyes, open the eyes of my heart to see. Because otherwise... My own flesh and my own dullness of spirit can block me from seeing things that God actually wants you to see. So I love the heart of David when he wrote that Psalm 119, where he said, Lord, open my eyes. In fact, say that one more time. Say, Lord, open my eyes. I need to see your works, Lord. I need to see your wondrous works. Open my eyes. So I want to talk today, though, um, and the title of the message, if you're taking notes, is just called, As You Get Closer. As you get closer, we're talking about the promises of God, that when God gives you a vision, like again, Habakkuk talks about, that it's not just a vision that you dreamed up. This is not some sort of strategic plan that's for a corporation. This is the vision that God maybe has painted for your life. And even as I was preparing for today, I realized that some of us may have never actually heard God speak to us. Maybe as we're talking about promises of God and how God will give you a vision and then you go after it and have to believe God for that vision, I kind of realize maybe some people have never had that planted in their heart. So my prayer for you even today is with that prayer of Lord, open my eyes to see that you would see God visions. You would see God dreams. And I'm not talking something hocus pocus spooky. I just mean that God would speak to your heart. That God would say, hey, I have a solid marriage for you. I have solid family for you. I have solid health, like literal physical health in your body for you. I have eternal life for you. Those are promises of God that are laid out in Scripture. I have provision for you. David also said in Psalms where he says, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, forsaken nor has seed begging bread. There is promises even for God to provide for you that you don't have to go without. You don't have to be wound up and tied up within debt. That God actually promises uh, those things for you. And so I just want to read out of scriptures today because 
as we get closer to God fulfilling promises in our life, uh, there are things that we need to learn and to see and to make sure we pay attention to. So I'm going to read these scriptures and then I'm going to give you five things that we need to pay attention to as we get closer. Numbers chapter 13, verse 1, and I'm going to read several scriptures and then we're going to break this down together. Numbers chapter 13, verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, every one a leader among them. Now I'm just going to pause right here. And by this time in the book of Numbers, the children of Israel have come out of Egypt. God struck Egypt with ten mighty plagues. I mean, sent all his wonders to free the children of Israel. So the children of Israel fled Egypt took all the spoils of Egypt with them, and then they came to the Red Sea. God parted the Red Sea. They walked through it. Then the Red Sea closed over the Egyptian army. So God basically took care of that. And then they found themselves on their way to the Promised Land. On their way to the Promised Land, that's where God wrote the Ten Commandments to Moses, gave them to Moses. The children of Israel uh, were fed every single day with manna from heaven. God sent water out of a rock so that they would have food and water in the middle zone. So God was providing for them in the middle. Was it everything God had promised in the promised land? No. But it was provision in the meantime. Everybody say, in the meantime. God will provide for you in the meantime. But don't let your heart get discouraged because it's not everything that you thought it was going to be yet. Say, in the meantime. This is important because a lot of people get thrown off because they get in that middle zone. We talked about this the last couple weeks. They get in that middle zone and they get thrown off because it's like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Well, that's because you haven't yet gotten to the promised land. But God will see you through. He will provide every day for you. Psalms also talks says that. says that he daily loads me with benefits. So if you pray any prayer in the morning, just wake up and pray and say, Lord, I ask for today's daily load. Send it my way, Lord. I just, you know, I almost envision a dump truck where it just comes to my house and it just tips over and it just dumps out whatever I need for the day. He daily loads us with benefits. So there will be a daily provision for us. And maybe it's not what you said, oh, that's the promise that God fulfilled. But it's, it's getting you there. It's getting you there. So this is where we find them when God is speaking to Moses saying, send men to spy out. So they've gone all this way. Now they're waiting on this side of the Jordan. They haven't crossed over. The Jordan River is just, um, it's really nothing spectacular when you look at it, to be honest. If you ever go to Israel uh, and you go to the Jordan, it's, it's just, I mean, it's literally like one down to one of these local rivers. You kind of go to it and you're like, this is the Jordan, the great Jordan River. And yet they went and they would cross over and they went to spy because God said, send men to spy out the land of Canaan. Which I'm giving to the children of Israel. I want you, if you have something to underline your Bible, just underline giving. 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 I am giving it to them. I am giving it to them. This is so important because God, from before they ever set foot out of Egypt, God promised them, I have land I am giving you. And in fact, God spoke about this same land to who? Their father, Abraham. So this land has been reserved, you could say, just like Habakkuk says, it has been appointed for these people. And all along, God has not changed his mind. He hasn't changed the way he describes it. He says, I am giving you this land. 
I'm going to give it to you. Now, this is so important because then we read in verse 27, same chapter, Numbers 13, verse 27. Then they, those people who went to spy out the land, told Moses and said, We went to the land where you sent us. Listen, it truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. So they brought fruit over. There were huge grapes and other fruit that they brought. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak. Kind of like a giant type people. I mean, they're huge people. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Parasites, and the Termites. No, just all the ites are there. Dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the, mount the banks of the Jordan. So I want you to notice that God says, send in these spies. In other words, don't let them be seen. I want them just to go see that there's proof of what I said. It's there. Exactly what I said. The land's flowing with milk and honey. They have fruit. They have all these things there that I said would be there. But notice that these spies come back. And they're saying, yes, all of that's there. In fact, here's a little bit of the fruit. just says proof. But there are people there. And there are strong fortified cities. In other words, there's enemies there. Someone else is occupying our land. But what they didn't come back and say was what God said. They came back and just said what they saw with their eyes. They said, oh, we see giants. We see people there. And we... Feel a little intimidated. <laughs> we feel like this is not going to happen. They weren't speaking faith. They were just speaking what they see. And I don't know about you, but you can go online or you can call up a friend or you can call up a family member and it doesn't take very much for people to tell you what they see. Have you ever noticed that? Like, it doesn't take much for people to just tell you what they see. I don't really need help with that, if, to be honest with you. Like, in other words, I don't need to turn on and see all the news commentaries to tell me what's going on in the country. I already know that. I already see it. But what I need to know is what has God said and what is God saying. That's what I need to know. I don't, the commentaries are not helpful. Because they are already telling me what I already know and what I can already see. Verse 30, though, I want you to see something different about this person. Verse 30 says, Then Caleb, who was one of the twelve spies, quieted the people from Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. So notice the difference. They're saying, oh, there's giants. And Caleb didn't deny the fact that there were other people there. Caleb, though, said that we are well able to do it. There was something inside this spy, one of these 12 spies, where he, yes, he saw what was happening. Yes, he saw the spies, or he saw the giants, he saw the people, but he said, we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Listen to that statement. We are not able. We are not able. We are not able. That's what they said to him. We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. See how it's getting worse. Now they don't just live there. They devour its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. 
There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. This is the report of ten of the twelve spies. Ten of the twelve spies said the promise is true. It's there. It's absolutely just like God said it was. But this was the difference. They came back and said, we are not able. And do you notice that everything they said, they left out God. Everything that they just said right there, they left out God. They didn't say, but God promised us. But God is with us. God is stronger than these enemies. No, everything was self-focused. We, 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 me, me, me. Anytime your faith has more talk of you or me or we, we have a problem. Because our faith requires God's involvement. So anytime you in your own walk with the Lord and the promises of God, when you start to forget God's involvement, you have a problem. You are, you are already headed in the wrong direction. One of the things that I noticed as I was preparing for this today is that these 10 spies who came back with a bad report, this was something that was already inside of them. Their issue with God already existed before they ever went into that land of spy out. See, when you think about where this was in the journey of them coming into the, into the promised land, they had already really betrayed God. They had already built an idol literally out of earrings and rings in their own possessions that they took out of Egypt, and they had already built an idol. They had already worshipped this idol, and God had already severely punished them for that. And those same group of people, leaders from that group of people, are the ones that God said, send them in to spy it out. So when they came back and again really betrayed their loyalty and faithfulness to God, it, it's not surprising. And this is a warning I feel like to us. You have to catch those things of your heart before you get to this point. You have to humbly come before God and repent. If you have issues with trusting God, you can't just ignore it thinking it'll get better once I get into a better place in life. No, 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 no. Even in the worst, darkest time, even if you feel like, oh man, I really messed it up with God. You have to come and just humbly repent and say, Lord, I am sorry. I should not have a problem with trusting you. Like we sang that song. You've been faithful every single day, all the time, my whole life. You've been faithful. I don't know why my heart wanders. In fact, again, I just want to read. Some of my mic teams really spoken to me fresh, like really fresh. Because I feel like David's prayers within this psalm are so powerful. He prayed this. In verse 10 of Psalm 119, Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Mm -hmm. See, David was honest and said, There's a part of me that wants to wander off God. That can get a little off track. And see, these 10 spies, they already wandered before they ever spied. I'm going to say that again. They already wandered in their heart before they ever spied out the land. That's why it was so easy for them to come back and say, yes, we saw the promise. Yes, it was there just like God said it would be, but we're not able. We're not strong enough. Those inhabitants swallow up their inhabitants, and they left God out. Why? Because they had wandered off from God well before they ever spied.
You have to catch that in your heart. You have to be honest about it. And these things can come sneaky. Let me tell you, this wandering of your own heart is sneaky. You can just like one degree off, one degree off, one degree off, one degree off for a year or so, or a month, or sometimes a week. And all of a sudden, you, a person of faith who used to believe God, can all of a sudden say, you know, I, I really am not sure how this is going to work out. You know, or we'll, or we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And now all of a sudden, what have we done? We've wandered off. And so once you get close to the promise of God and you start to see glimpses of it, your faith isn't yet there to take it. See, we have to be nurturing in the middle, in this middle zone. We have to nurture our faith because once you get to that point where it's time to take it, you have to have the faith still to go get it. It's not going to be just dropped in your lap. You have to go take it. It'd be like this. God says, I'm giving them this land. So if I were to give you a gift, you still have to do what to that gift? You still have to receive it, receive it right? You have to take it. God's not just going to like lob it at you and it just bounce off of you. No, you have to receive it. Just like if I were to give you a Christmas gift or a birthday gift. You could say, oh, no, 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 uh, um, just put it right there. <laughs> just put it right there. I don't want to open it. I don't want to open it, but thank you for giving it to me. But I, I'm not going to open it. It's the thought that counts. Well, me as the gift giver, I'm going to be like, what the heck? The box is not the valuable part. What's in the box is the part I wanted to give you, right? So you actually have to open it up. That's a lot of how it is with God. He has gifts, he has promises, he has things that he says, this is for you, but you have to receive it. So you have to have faith for that. These 10 spies, I just, I don't, I don't know, it just really hit me that they had already wandered from God before they ever spied out that land. And so what that spy trip did is it revealed what was already inside of them. You know, if I look at back at the last year, and I look at COVID, you know, and I look at all the unrest that's gone on. I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like what it's done is it didn't create issues. It kind of revealed issues that were already there. Um, Dave Ramsey said this because when he's talking about preparing people financially and being in a good financial place, he said, when the tide goes out, you see who's skinny dipping. <laughs> And that's kind of what he said, is he says when, you know, these issues, they didn't create the issues. They were all, they just revealed what were already there. And so my encouragement to us is let's not be found in that place, okay? Let's not be found once we get up to the promise of God being right there in front of us, but yet we haven't nurtured our faith, we haven't paid attention to it. We, we haven't taken care of our own souls and allowed the Lord to minister to us along the way. We won't be in the place to take it. We won't be in the place to receive it. Yes, good right there. Good instruction from God and God's word. So Caleb, why did the people, they said that they give it a bad report. The land swallows it up. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight and theirs. I want you to skip over to Numbers 14. So just one chapter over. So that was the report of the ten spies. In verse 6, Joshua speaks up. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, 
who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. And if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land flow which flows with milk and honey. Listen to verse 9. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Now the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of meeting before all the children of Israel. So I just want to break this down for a second. So Caleb spoke up. He said that we are well able. Joshua spoke up and said, if the Lord delights us, he will bring us into this land. He will give it to us. And listen to how he saw the people. He said, don't fear the people of the land for their protection has departed from them. Their protection has departed from them. Joshua and Caleb saw things that the other ten spies could not see. That's why we started this prayer off today. The message today was saying, Lord, open my eyes to see. Joshua and Caleb saw something the others didn't see. It's not that they saw it and chose to just say a different report. They reported what they saw. It was true from their own heart. Their own heart lied on them. Come on, somebody. Their own heart lied on them. Do not follow this world's doctrine of follow your heart. You ever seen those signs and now they, they make them all pretty and they put them in kids' rooms and Disney says it, follow your heart, follow your heart. It's a lie. Do not follow your heart. The Bible says that your heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? So your heart, especially if it's unrenewed and not washed by the word of God, it can lead you into some crazy stuff. And so these ten spies, they reported one thing. Why? Because... That's what they saw. But Joshua saw something different that they couldn't see. Joshua saw, no, their protection has departed from them. It reminds me of Elisha the prophet, or Elisha the prophet, who they were surrounded by the enemy, and they were in a valley, and they were surrounded by the enemy, and Elisha wasn't afraid. He's literally surrounded by people who want to kill them. And he was not afraid. And so his servant that was with him was like, what are we going to do? We're surrounded. And Elisha prayed an amazing prayer and said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. Open his eyes that he may see. So what happened? That servant saw what Elisha had already seen, which is that they were not just surrounded by the enemy. They were surrounded by the angel armies. That they had a, a support system that not everybody could see. So our sight, what we see, is so huge. Because it will dictate the actions and the things that you decide to do. And God is watching it. Will you judge him faithful? Will you believe when he said, no, I told you I was going to give you the land. So do you have eyes of faith? Or are you like one of those political commentators who just see what everybody else sees? Everything natural, everything practical, nothing spiritual, nothing of the unseen realm. See, Elisha, the prophet, saw the unseen realm. He had eyes to see it, and then he just prayed, Lord, show my servant, so he can see it as well. 
I want to look at verse 24. So it's uh, still in Numbers 14, verse 24. This is what God had to say about all of this. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. Verse 36. Skip down just a few more verses. 36. Now the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land who returned and made all the congregation complain against him by bringing a bad report of the land, those very men who brought the evil report about the land died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh remained alive of the men who went to spy out the land. And God promised that those two would be the ones who get to go in. Everyone else was not able to go in. So Joshua, Caleb, because of how they judged God, God said, you get it. You get it. No one else got to go in by default. No one else got to ride the coattails of Joshua and Caleb. Everybody else, no. And I want you to notice about these leaders. Ten leaders who came back and gave that bad report, all of them died that day. The same day, those leaders who went and complained and turned the hearts of that whole congregation, they all died that day. I'm just going to tell you right now, uh, a lot of people want to be leaders, but uh, you better lead people the right way. You better lead people in the way to believe God, not just opinion and bloviate about what you think. You have to lead people because God takes it seriously. God takes it very seriously. If you turn people away from believing him, he takes it very seriously. God killed him that day. God did not the devil. God did. And this is the part where many people don't preach anymore because we don't know what to do with that God. Like, what do we do with the God that's severe and takes handles things? But it's all right there. They died that day. But Joshua and Caleb, God defended them. God backed them up, and they got to go in. In fact, when they went into the promised land, Joshua or Caleb was 80 years old. And at 80 years old, Caleb said, give me that mountain. It was full of enemies, full of people that were still occupying it. And Caleb stood up and said, give me that land. And the Bible says that he had as much strength at 80 as he had at 40. Yeah, so some of y'all are happy about that. There's still strength for you, right? Here are five things to know as you get closer to God's promises. Okay, so straight from Scripture. Some of them I've broken down a little already. Number one, the promise is what God said it would be. As you get closer, it is what God said it would be, and it's important that you say it with your mouth. It's just like God said. It's just like God said. See, details matter to God. The details matter to God. God said for generations, he said, I have a land for you that flows with milk and honey. He said, I have vineyards that you didn't plant. I have houses that you didn't build, and I'm going to give them to you. 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 Details matter. So they could have gone there and been like, well, I mean, part of it is what he said. No, no, no. It's exactly what he said. It's important that we reflect and we remember and that we say it is exactly what God said it was going to be. It's very important that we do 
the death. God means what he says. There's a scripture that says that God's not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Has he spoken and will he not make it good? In other words, when God says something, he means it to the T, to the detail. So it is not my place nor your place to start to explain away why maybe it won't happen exactly what like God said it would happen. That is where those ten spies got into trouble. Okay. Number two, it's okay to be the minority. It's okay to be the minority. Joshua and Caleb were two out of twelve. Those are not good statistics. Two out of the twelve got it right. Ten out of the twelve got it wrong. So if you're a person who likes to be in the majority, you don't like to ruffle feathers, you like to just kind of fit in, you're going to have a problem when it comes to following God. Because following God means you're going to be in the minority a lot. Come on, somebody. You're going to be in the minority. Have you ever been in a group of friends and they're all talking about their the shows they watch or the life they live or what they do on Friday night or what they do during the weekend or how they treat their spouse or how they treat their kids? And all of a sudden you start to feel like the minority because you start to realize, uh, I live different than they do. I talk different than they do. I have different values than they do. So you're going to have to get real comfortable, especially in the world we live in, being the minority. In fact, if you just want to give it, coin a little phrase, you could just say, I want to be in the two spies club. I want to be in the two spies club. Forget the ten spies. I don't want to be with them. I want to be in the two spies club. In the two spies club. The majority were wrong. Listen, the majority not only were wrong, but they convinced the rest of the majority. So, in other words, they rallied support. Uh, David says, again, I love Psalms. I keep quoting Psalms today. David said in Psalms, though they join forces, none will go unpunished. So, to God, it doesn't matter if you rally everybody around you to rebel. He will, he will handle all of it. If everybody around you tries to come after you and they rally support against you, but yet God is with you and God is for you, God will take care of all of that. He doesn't care how many people join up together. That should give you strength and courage and faith. Because it's like, it doesn't matter how the odds stack up against me. If God is on my side, it doesn't matter how many people have decided they're going to stand against it. God's will will be done. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching better than the other saying it. Come on, right? This is true. This is important because so many of us have backed off God's promises and God is watching. In fact, when you're leading people that, and you lead people away from believing God, He judges you harsher. The New Testament says this. It says, uh, let not many of you, among you become teachers because they face a, a harsher judgment. So be Leary, if you stand up in a place of teaching people, just know you just stepped into a place where you're judged more. Mm -hmm. Why? Because God takes it very, very seriously of what you tell people about Him. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you better not tell people about Him things that are right. <laughs> right? I mean, I know nobody in here wants to, so that's good. None of us want to lead people astray. So that's why we have to study the Word of God. We have to know the Word of God. And not only do we need to know about God, we need to know Him. Yeah. We need to know His ways, not just His acts. 
Number three. So number one was the promise is what God said it would be. Number two, it's okay to be the minority. Number three, to receive, you must believe. If you're taking notes, just put must in all caps, like you're yelling at somebody, right? Have you ever gotten those text messages that are all caps, and you're like, are they yelling at me? Are they screaming? Like, what is in all caps? Well, I mean it. If you're putting it here, put must in all caps, because you it's not optional. Believing is not optional. This is how you get saved. Yeah. This is how you receive eternal life in Jesus Christ, is you have to believe. It cannot just be theory, and well, I kind of, you know, it's a good idea, I like the thought. No, 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 no. You have to believe. You have to believe that you believe that you believe that you believe. The promises of God are the same way. If you want to receive God's promises, you have to believe them. So if you want to receive healing for your physical body, you have to believe that healing has been given to you by God through Jesus Christ, and it's yours. You have to believe it. It cannot be this wishy-washy, well, you know, I mean, if it's God's will, I mean, if he, if he wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. No, that's not belief. That's throwing a penny in a well and wishing. That is not prayer. That is not how we work with God. It is not throwing a penny in the well and wishing for it. Y'all know what I'm talking about, the, the wishing wells? That doesn't work. Faith like that don't work. That's not faith. Faith says it's, no, I believe it and I receive it. Yeah. It's kind of like this. If you said, I am deeply in debt, you might say, I have $100,000 in credit card debt. And you can't sleep at night. You're just, I mean, you are just wrung over. They're calling you all the time. You can't make your payments. You are just greatly in debt. It would be like if I said, hey, um, I got what you need. I'm going to pay off that debt, but come back here and meet me later this afternoon, and I'll pay it off for you. Well, how do I know if you actually believe me when I said I'm going to pay off your debt? When you what? Come back in the afternoon to receive your check. And another way that I know that you believe me is if in that moment you say, thank you. No, 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 because if I don't believe you, I ain't saying thank you yet. I'm going to be like, I'm going to wait till that check clears the bank. Then I'll say thank you. Well, that's stupid. I'm going to say thank you by faith. Even if I don't know if you have the money, I'm going to be like, thank you, thank you. I'll be here, right? Well, how much more with God can you count on him if he says, I have something for you. Just show up and I'll give it to you. But to show up, you have to believe that he has it. One scripture says that you have to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's what the Bible says. It says that if you, those who come to God must believe that he is, in other words, that he is God. And number two, that he is a rewarder. Everybody say a rewarder. rewarder. That's the language scripture uses, not time, not the four square doctrine of the church that you belong to. Not some bylaw that somebody wrote. That is what scripture says. That God is a rewarder. Well, what does he reward you with? Promises. Yeah. Things that he already committed to you. These are not things that are made up. They're all in scripture. So to, re re to receive, you must 
believe. God takes this, listen, very personally. Because when those ten spies rallied the congregation against him, he said that they rejected me. That's what God said. They didn't just reject the promise, they rejected me. God was intimately tied to the promise that he made to them. And a lot of people nowadays, they compartmentalize God just like they compartmentalize their life. And they think, well, I just, I love the Lord, but, you know, it's just, I have all these issues, and I don't know. And they don't allow God into the issues. And God says, no, I made promises to you about those issues. And when you keep me out of those issues, I take it personally. You reject me. I don't know about you, but I don't want to reject God. I want God right up in the middle of my problems. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't want God on the outside looking in. I want God on the, in the, on the inside. But to do that, we have to believe that he is a God who addresses those issues, who has promises towards those issues. In fact, God took it so personally, he called what they did rebellion. And in Hebrews, he explains, explains it and says that it was their unbelief that created that rebellion. In other words, God tied together unbelief and rebellion and said they're the same. The last person on planet Earth I want to rebel against is God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, you're just no match. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you are no match for God. You can resist Him like a donkey, but He will win. I'm going to tell my mom for a second, even though she's in the room. But when I was a kid, my mom would always tell me, she's like, I will win. <laughs> if I was ever in conflict, right, she just would always say, I will win. And guess what? She was right. <laughs> she's not right now, but she was right when I was a kid. It's different now. No, but that's that kind of, God will win. He is going to win. It's just, will you be on the winning side with him? He takes a very personal... I want to say this last thing about believing. This is very important, listen to me, because a lot of people um, get this twisted, and it's, it's, a, it's a key detail. Believing God is not denial. Believing God is not denying what you see. See, Kate, remember what Caleb said and what Joshua said? In fact, Joshua said that because God's with us, their protection is already left. In other words, he didn't say, no, 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 there's not, there's not enemies there. There aren't giants there. That land is free and clear. That's all ours. There's no problems, no enemies. That's denial. Denial says there's no problem. There's no enemies. There's nothing there. Belief says, oh, yeah, I saw those giants too, but because God said that he's giving us the land, he's taking care of it. That's belief. It's not denial. And sometimes this gets real weird in faith community because you have people that go off into these fringes and they start getting into denial and it undermines their faith. Because actually there is greater faith when you can acknowledge, no, I see the giant or I see the problem or I see the sickness or I see the debt. But I already heard what God said about the problem, about the debt, about what, about this issue, and I choose to believe Him more than I believe that. Yeah. That is greater faith. Yeah. And it's not stupid faith. It's faith that's eyes wide open that says, I see it in front of me, 
but I believe what God said more than what I see. That's true faith. Come on, somebody say amen. Yeah. I love that. And that's biblical. It's right there. Number four, careful who you listen to. So as you get closer to the promise of God, be careful who you listen to. There are a lot of very smart Christians who will lead you straight out of the promises of God. <laughs> That's kind of strong, isn't it? But it's true. You can listen to podcasts all day and have less faith in God than when you start, first started listening to that teacher or that preacher or that person. Why? Because so many people, they're just telling about life's experiences and what they learned. and all, None of that do I have a problem with, except for the fact that if I'm about to head into new territory, promised land, that has giants and has issues that I need to overcome... I'm not trying to hear about all the times you lost. I need people who are telling me, no, 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 listen to what God said. Yeah. Believe what God said. I need Joshua and Caleb in my ear all day long if I'm going to take what God said. The other ten spies, we'll talk another day. But today, I, can't, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for you. I don't have the, the ability to, to, to guard my own heart. From all that nonsense and all that garbage. you got to go. So the ten spies, other teachers, people, and some of them aren't even Christians, but they could be um, uh, self-help books. They could be, um, you know, popular TV shows or popular talk shows or people who have good intentions. They're not bad people, but they are unhelpful for what I need today. Today I need God's promises to show up in my life. I need to take what God promised to me. I need to have belief and strength in that. In fact, uh, Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith is not going to come by hearing people's opinions. Faith isn't coming by Google. I'm so sorry. I wish it were that easy if you could just say, Alexa. Show me how God's promises are going to show up in my life. Like, I wish it was going to be that easy. Or Google, or, you know, Siri, or whatever these things are. It's not going to come. It's not going to come probably by calling your sister, calling your brother, calling your best friend, unless they're godly Joshua and Caleb-type spirit people. But if they're not, you can talk to them about the weather, talk to them about sports, talk to them about, you know, what Donald Trump did. I don't care. Talk to them about whatever. But... Don't get into conversation about God's promises and things where your heart starts to get pulled away from the Lord if, if you're vulnerable to that. Be careful who you listen to. Be careful who you listen to. I, I will tell you, the circle of preachers that I listen to is very small. And it's not because I don't find other preachers entertaining or even some of the things that they said. But sometimes I'll listen and I will hear, a, I, I'll just hear it like a hair of unbelief and I'm like, nope. Why? Because what God has for me, which in turn is going to affect what God has for all of us here, is too important for me to seed it with unbelief and to poison it with these words of like, well, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be tough and I'm not sure. And, you know, the economy's really hard and COVID really hit churches and, you know, a lot of churches are closing down. So you're not sure if you're going to make it. No, I'm not listening to you. I need Joshua and Caleb who said, who, who promised is faithful? That's what I need to be listening to. That's what you need to be listening to. Number five, last one. As you get closer, you have to have a different spirit. Have a different spirit. 
and said that about Caleb, that he had a different spirit. He had a different spirit. Joshua and Caleb listened to the Bible. God said this, that they fully followed him. Jesus in the New Testament, we, we talked about this months ago when I came, that one of the, there are two commandments that Jesus gave, right? When he boiled all the law, all the commandments down, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Love him. Everything in you, love him. That's, that's Joshua and Caleb. That was a different spirit. They fully followed God. Fully. Fully. All in. In other words, there wasn't any part of them that was more concerned about popular opinion and fitting in and what are people going to say about me and what are my family and friends going to say about me. No, they were more concerned about God's opinion than people's opinion. You have to have a different spirit to receive God's promise. And as you get closer, the more pressure there will be on you to back off. Let me put it like this. For them, it was easier to follow God when God first promised them about the promised land. Because they didn't know there were occupiers in it. In other words, it was all just good news. This is awesome. God's going to give us land. He's going to give us houses we didn't build, vineyards we didn't plant. I mean, land flowing with milk and honey. This is amazing. The closer they got, the more with their eyes they saw, oh, there's enemies in this land. Oh, this is harder than I thought it was going to look. Oh, but yet God didn't change his mind. God knew that there were enemies in your land, and yet still said he was going to give it to you. So this is just a key for you, and I'm giving you keys today. A key for you is as you get closer, don't be surprised that it looks a little worse than you thought it was going to. But don't back off. Come on, turn your spider around and you just tell them, don't back off. Tell them it's an attitude. Come on, y'all. I've seen some of y'all. You have attitude where you could just say, don't back off. Don't back off. Good thing you're not telling them to back off. Back off. No, but don't back off. Don't back off. Have a different spirit. Have a different spirit. This is so important. These keys are so important because what God has for some of you is so much more than what you've ever seen. And a lot is pushing against you to make you back off. A lot is pushing at you to say, no, no, that's not going to happen. You see how hard that would be? See, uh, the voices of the enemy and ten spies to help them out are loud and clear. You have to go back to what did God say? What did he say? Because what he said, he will do it. He will do it. Let me pray for you today. Why don't you just close your eyes? Praise God. This is why you have to pray, Lord, open my eyes. I got to see things different than people around me. I got to see different than tradition teaches me. I have to see different than the challenges in front of me are showing me. I have to see what you're doing. I have to see what you're saying to me. Glory to God. In fact, in Habakkuk, when we started, the watchman said, I've set myself in that watch place that I might see what he will say to me. That was the prayer. I've set myself on, the, on that high place so that I could see what he'll say to me. So Lord, I pray that you would 
even as we walk away today, that through your word and your spirit, you would continue to show us what it is that is the vision you put in front of us. Open our eyes that we'll see. Thank you. 